Russia on, on Periscope. Hello, Hello Russia. Russia. So, as some of you may know, it's been about seven or ten days since we last uh, posted a podcast, and nothing against anyone, but we've had an exciting, busy few I weeks. Have a lot going on. Chris, fill everyone in on some of the things we've been doing over the last ten days. I'm, I'm going to fill everybody in on the fact that when... John said, you're going to fill everyone in on what you've been doing the past 10 days. I said, well, what have we been doing? Because <laughs> it's been a blur. Um, we just wrapped up creating the Remarkable You online course, and John uh, wrapped up creating Remarkable You for students. Um, we just launched for pre-sale uh, an ebook titled Just Like You, 24 Interviews of Ordinary People Who Have Achieved Extraordinary Success. And that was a compilation of interviews that uh, we created on my blog for the past eight or nine months of basically of just people that we deemed successful and we wanted to learn from. And we kind of stapled them together and said, cool, we have a book. And we're in the final throes of launching the Remarkable You book which should come out December 1st. So that's really exciting. Um, What else have we been working on? That, as well as a couple of new clients at the agency, which is always really exciting. Um, The idea that we are lining up a bunch of speaking engagements that I'm going to list on my blog is truly exciting. And we're trying to compile uh, a few different opportunities that are going to be centered around the possibility of my doing a TED Talk about Remarkable You. Fingers crossed on that one. And I'm also going to be contributing to Success Magazine, which is hugely exciting, um, and a couple of other publications. So once that starts hitting, anybody that's following us on Twitter uh, and or Facebook will start to see that stuff. So that's pretty cool. Uh, that's a lot. That's a good amount of stuff. There's been a lot going on. Chris was also yeah. on uh, CNBC. CNN or CNN. CNN. Yeah, CNN, CNN last week yeah. talking about Facebook's earnings. Talking about Facebook. And we both had homemade wine in the mm-hmm. last 10 days, which I think and maybe I get- contributed to us not doing a podcast. Not really. I don't think so. No, I, it would, we should we should do that. We, we should, should do have like, one on like a, like a drunk while, history yeah, like of while we're, podcasting. Yeah, while we're drinking some of the wine. The uh, funny story when I was doing uh, – when I was on CNN last week, I was – there was a delay on Metro North, so I decided to drive into the city, which I never do because the traffic is so unpredictable. And of course, I was late, and I had to park on the street illegally and then run to CNN, literally run, full-out sprint, got there just in the nick of time, sweat pouring down my face. If anybody knows me, knows that I am a very sweaty Italian fellow. Uh, And I got a $65 ticket. But Cost of admission, right? Sixty-five bucks to be on it's CNN. Not bad. I'll take it. Yeah, right? I would. I would have paid that. Yeah, yeah. So I have to pay that. Good. Uh, so, uh, so coming <laughs> back going? today, what are we talking about uh, to get everyone back in the swing of things with Remarkable You? And topic today is something that Chris has been writing about. Um, I think it's a pretty cool one. But we want to talk about unique ways to stimulate your self confidence. Now, I know what most of you are thinking. Um, you know, self confidence. You think entrepreneurs, CEOs, people who go on TV regularly, they are just naturally self-confident. Well, the truth is that everyone has to work on their self-confidence. As we go through some of these things, these are things that we, Chris in particular, are doing on a daily basis to continue to build your self-confidence. It's like learning. You never stop building your self-confidence. Things will consistently, especially in the negative world we live in, try to bring you down. But what Chris goes through here, and one of the reasons I like working with Chris, if you saw him on CNN, you know this, it's a very no-nonsense approach. There's not going to be a lot of fluff here. It's 
this is what we do, how we do it. Some of it we may have touched upon before. If that's the case, we'll kind of fly through it. Other stuff may be new that you haven't heard us mention before, in which case we'll spend a little bit time um, getting a little more detailed on it. But um, but with that, Chris, you know, where do you want to start? From the top I want, here? First, I want to start with like the with the BS answers that people sure. get when they read things about self-confidence. And they're not really BS answers. They're, they're, they're true. It's like better posture and smile uh, to trick your brain into thinking that you're in a good mood and buy clothes that fit you and shave and get a haircut or get your hair done. I get it. Like, But that's all like facade stuff that's all external stuff that will help you internally they're kind of like band-aid solutions so for from my perspective as somebody that I'm always wrestling with my self-confidence and frankly the more uh the more my career takes off the more doubt I have where I'm like oh should I be here should I be the guy on CNN should I like there's always that moment of like oh oh boy and these are tenets that I feel create true self-confidence. Self-confidence that you kind of you get in your heart, that you know when you walk into a room, I have a definitive understanding about a specific subject. I have a definitive expertise around a certain area and an awareness of when you step out of that expertise or area, you might not be in your comfort zone. So not to go in that comfort zone. We have... You know, and it's it's almost along the lines of like when people hear self confidence, they think of you know a tone deaf CEO of a Fortune 500 that you know is completely full of himself, or like a reality star that is just taking selfies and posting mm-hmm. them on Instagram. And that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about how do you find definitive fulfillment within yourself and build self confidence that way. And obviously, step one, the, the, what we always talk about is taking charge of your career. And that's definitively in line with Remarkable You, but it's because it's what I believe and what we're living and breathing. And that's buying uh, your URL, firstnamelastname.com, as simple as that, and starting to generate content there. And I think when you're working on things of that nature and you're creating based on what you're interested in and what you're passionate about or not even passionate like start baby steps like just what you're into start there like what what are you what are you seeing on a daily basis well i'm into crossfit i love crossfit love going to crossfit westchester love the team at crossfit westchester uh i can't stop talking about crossfit and that's you know i blog about crossfit so start there blog about what you're into when you start doing that take those baby steps and taking control of your career and taking control of your name you will add to your self-confidence um, the second one that we talk about, um, something really Chris introduced me to once we started working together, but uh, a little bit of a self-confidence builder mentally for your brain, and that's something um, with a focus on meditation. Now, Chris, I know this has been part of your life for a long time. Explain a little bit about how you got into meditating and what it's done for you as you've evolved from senior level executive to business owner, CEO, and all the responsibilities that come with it. I think I got into meditation out of necessity and sort of by accident. Uh, after September 11th, I started doing yoga. And in the yoga classes that I was taking, they uh, focus on breathing. And I had never done that before in my adult life. So I was 26, 27 years old, uh, learning how to breathe and learning how to control my monkey brain bouncing around. And I've kind of ebbed and flowed in my life of doing it and then leaving it. And um, frankly, since my father's illness and, and passing in February, I've done more and more of it because 
you know, negative thoughts kind of creep into your brain and you try to take control of that. And it's, it's really, it's an empowering experience. It doesn't have to be an involved experience. It doesn't have to be an hour long, two hours long. Um, I always recommend installing the app Headspace simply because they have five minute meditations that are guided meditations. And if you're not sure where to start or how to start the, I wish I remember the guy's name. The guy that created the app, he, he gets it. He's like, listen, I know this is really a difficult endeavor. I'm going to walk you through it. And I just think it's a good baby step to get to the point of controlling your thoughts. I mean, listen, if we sat to our own devices and allowed our brain to take over all the thoughts, you'd be curled up in a ball and wouldn't get out of bed every day. So it's allowing yourself to remove your brain from the equation, being more in the present moment and being the best you that you could possibly be on a daily basis and being as present as you possibly can. Yeah. And, you know, for someone um, well, what did you like say, what myself, we were talking about earlier about where you talked about like positive thinking, that it's not just positive thinking, but it's also sure, um, saying it Basically, out loud. it was a quote I heard over the weekend that um, negative thoughts cannot be combated with positive thoughts. Instead, you have to speak positive out loud because what your brain, what resonates with your brain are spoken words because spoken words allow you to paint pictures. So if you have a negative thought as you're driving into work and it's another day filled with traffic and terrible drivers and you're going to a job maybe you're not super comfortable with, just thinking um, something positive isn't necessarily going to give your brain the reaction it needs. Speaking out loud in a car by yourself may seem odd, but get comfortable with it because those words <laughs> out loud are going to paint the picture in your head of what you're talking about, and that's what resonates with your brain. And what I was going to say is someone who is very, um, I don't want to say ADD, but I, you know, I'm always thinking of things, <clears throat> I have a hard time calming my mind, the Headspace app really helped me at least convince myself that I'm getting better at meditation. Like when I first did it, I was like, Chris, I suck at meditating. He's like, I don't think you can suck at meditating, but um, the Headspace app helped me wrap my mind around that. So it's a great tool if you want to start um, experiencing meditation. The next one I think is great because it debunks all of the kind of trendy speak with everyone hears it all the time, think outside the box. Chris, tell us what you mean when you say think inside the box. (laughs) So I had a conversation with a friend last week who was – as an outsider, admiring my freedom as an entrepreneur. Wow, you can do lots of things. You can do anything that you like. It sounds like you're doing some really incredible things. And I laughed and I said, that can be my downfall as well, that I get distracted by shiny objects. John knows this more than anybody else. I get onto a project. I'm full speed ahead. I get bored with the project. I move on to the next one. That's a problem, right? It's good that I am always looking out for the next best thing and trying to uh, bring really uh, compelling things to what we're doing here. Um, but sometimes it becomes much more compelling when you think inside the box. And what I mean by that is sort of sticking to your core competency and executing with focus and executing so that you can complete a project uh, within your sort of your power to the best of your ability, then move on to the next one. And then when you think outside of the box, sometimes you get distracted by it. There's a time and a place to think outside the box, I guess. And when you think inside the box and you're executing inside the box, you got a pretty damn strong box that you can stand on and say, great, we're executing all these different things. Those are revenue generating activities within our organization. Now let's move on to the next stuff. So that's really what I'm talking about when I say think inside the box. Um, so this, focus. this yeah. next one here, I'm going to open it with a quote that I like, but your mind is your greatest asset or your greatest liability, and you determine that by what you allow in. 
So when we think about what we're allowing into our mind, the first thing that comes to my mind is our next point here, which is learning. Mm-hmm. And go into a little depth of what you mean by learning. I'm always uh, looking for outsider opinions and for uh, confirmation of my gut, right? Like I, you know, I'm still a new entrepreneur. Uh we're both still new entrepreneurs. Sure. We're both figuring it out. And sometimes John and I will look at each other and ask each other a question. We we just honestly don't have the answer to the question. So the best way for me to ingest information at the highest level and the simplest way to integrate it into my life, which is very busy with a wife and two girls and a business and, a, and books and speaking and all that stuff, is through audio books, uh, audible.com specifically. Um, I like to listen to nonfiction books, business books, and I like to ingest them while I'm driving to and from work. And it has become a joy in my life where you know I'm listening to 40 minutes of information that I would have never otherwise been exposed to. And I guess if you think about it, the on average audiobooks are like eight to 10 hours per book. So every two weeks I'm listening to a new book. So that's 24 books a year that I am passively ingesting, getting ideas from, getting inspired by, and being exposed to new ideas. It, it just seems so simple as a layup to essentially get you know, it's like it's like getting an MBA passively while you're just driving to and from work. And there's, you know, it doesn't have to be just audiobooks. I mean, you can listen to TED Talks. You can listen to yeah, I um, listen to podcasts a lot. They're po- right, podcast. John, see, it's interesting though. But this is the fun part. Like, if you surround yourself with like-minded individuals that can listen through audio information, John listens to lots of podcasts. I listen to lots of audiobooks. So we're always kind of coming at things from five different directions. That's really exciting. That's really compelling. Instead of just saying, I don't know, you're learning from outside resources. You can listen to whole university courses that are put on iTunes. That's tremendous. I mean, the way you guys are ingesting this right now could potentially be through, you know, you're like you're listening to it in your car. Yep. I don't know where you're listening to it. Maybe you have your headphones on while you're working out. Uh, you know, keep going, keep going. But it's one of those things like the way we ingest information it has changed into so many different ways that uh, for for me to scale learning, scaled learning comes from listening to audiobooks from my perspective. And that leads us into the next one, which is something that I always say, you want to have a one-to-one relationship here. Everything you learn, you want to be able to go and then teach and help someone else. Um, That idea of educating someone else, helping someone else succeed is something that really builds your self-confidence as well. We'll talk about that in a little more depth um, as we get on with uh, kind of the checklist we're going through here. But Chris, you're taking in all this information. Describe some of the ways that you're able to then go out and teach others. Uh, so many ways. Um, when you're dealing with teaching others, well, if, if we're talking about building self-confidence, I think teaching helps because teaching will point to what you're good at and will amplify everything that you're good at and will allow for you to have a platform to talk about the things that you're good at. And when you do that and you get feedback talking about what you're good at, it will build self-confidence. So for example, if you are great at your job, you publish a post on LinkedIn and get feedback from your community, that's really empowering. And you go, whoa, I'm onto something. If you are a really good writer, but you're not sure where to start and where to write about certain things, maybe you post it on Medium and you get a really compelling feedback loop in that regard. When it comes to like things like Remarkable You and Remarkable You for Students, we posted that on a company's platform called Teachable. 
And it's a really simple platform to use and it allows for us to scale our information and put it out to the biggest audience that we can possibly get to and teach as many people about all the things that we know. Similarly, even this podcast is about you know talking about and teaching as many people as we possibly can. There are so many ways that you can leverage uh, technological tools in order to educate people about whatever it is that you, you know, that's in your wheelhouse that you're good at. You know, t- I brought up CrossFit earlier, but as everybody knows, John and I are very obsessed with CrossFit. Um, can you be very obsessed? It's just obsessed or not obsessed. I don't know. Uh, for, anyway, for CrossFit, Chris, I think you Chris, can be very obsessed. <laughs> very obsessed. Chris Guerrero, who's the uh, owner and uh, owner of two CrossFit boxes in Westchester, but the the main one that I go to CrossFit uh, CrossFit Westchester, he was talking about how um, I lost my train of thought. What the heck was I talking about? Uh, teaching. Chris. Oh, teaching. Oh, so we were, we had a meeting with him this morning, and we were talking about how he should be creating YouTube videos. He's got this wealth of knowledge when it comes to coaching, and I'm like, dude. Put yourself on YouTube. Now he's got a thriving YouTube channel where he talks about all the different movements for CrossFit. That's really compelling where he can sort of build up his confidence about what he knows on a platform that is easily digestible when it comes to CrossFit movements and, and exercise. So there's always a spot for somebody, whatever whatever it is that you're into. So these next two, um, I think we can combine. They both have to do with you as an individual. But before I go into them, I want to tell a quick story. I told this one at Catalyst Week. Um, but these aren't anything you haven't heard before. And here's why I say that. There's a CEO of a billion-dollar company. And I don't know the details, so this might have been a made-up story told to me, but I still <laughs> like the idea of it. So he's got a... Um, a conference where he flies down his top 25 earners, you know, the rainmakers of his company, and they have all these different breakout sessions. So in the first session, the very first session of this long weekend with all these tremendous earners at his disposal, the first thing he talks about is the company's monthly reading and how important it is to read the required books that the company comes out with every month. So they go into break, and one of the gentlemen who's, you know, again, one of the top 25 earners goes up to him, and he asks him, he says, look, you have, you have the smartest, most successful employees underneath you right here, why are you wasting your time talking about reading something that we all know we should be doing? And he said very specifically, he said, look, I'll stop talking about reading when I know that you're all doing it. And the moral of the story here is that, look, just because we know we should be doing these things for our career to build our self-confidence, to move forward, to get the job we want, to become our own boss, whatever it is, that doesn't mean we're doing them. So knowing you need to do something and not doing it is actually one of the biggest ways to hurt your self-confidence. Yep. So with these next two, they're, they're relatively simple, but Chris, I'll let you run through them. Um, you know, Exercise and sleep, how important are they? Dude, but I'm the worst when it comes to that. John's much better than I am with it. When John first I don't started, have kids. But yeah, but when John first started working with me, he'd be in the office and he would literally grab my arm and be like, Chris, go to the gym. And because I would allow things to snowball and I would stay in the office until 10, 11 o'clock at night and was being counterproductive, exercise has become uh, something that I look forward to every day, something that has become uh, a social outlet for me uh, outside of you know my wife and my children and my office, which is really compelling because you end up getting stuck in that and to meet people outside of that, that sort of inner sanctum, um, but allowing for me to sort of get my mojo back, right? So I, this is why like, I get angry when people are like, I don't get angry. I, it's just <laughs> people speak about, you know, build your self-confidence, go out and get, you know, clothes that fit you well. Great. Exercise, your clothes will fit you better. You know, uh, boost your self-confidence uh, and go go and get a facial. I'm like, great. Well, instead of, instead of buying skin products, you know, exercise and hydrate and your skin will look better. Um, you know, instead of 
forcing a fake smile to to change your brain when you exercise it releases certain chemicals in your brain endorphins will start will, will start popping and synapses will start firing and you'll feel that much better so it's just all a part of making yourself feel more self-confident and walking a little bit taller naturally and not sort of forcing the walking a little bit taller. The sleep thing, I I joke and I say sleep deprivation used to be my drug of choice when I first started running Silverback. Um, I was foolish and I thought that I could get by on a minimal amount of sleep and I would kind of come home late from work and have trouble winding down and I installed an app which, what was it called, Sleep Cycle? Yes. I forget the name of the app, Sleep Cycle. Um, yes. Sleep cycle I use every night, and I put it underneath my pillow, and it tracks the ebb and flow of how deeply I'm getting into sleep, and it it wakes you within like a 20-minute window of when you recommend that you want to wake up, and it tries to wake you at the peak of your coming out of REM sleep. So you ever like if you ever slept nine hours of sleep and you feel groggy the next day, it's because your alarm woke you up when you were in deep REM that you are at the bottom of the barrel in REM, and that's a problem. So the Sleep Cycle app allows to pull you out of that when you're at the highest point when you should be awakened. And it's pretty fascinating because you realize that if you get to bed the hours before midnight that you've always heard it seem like, oh, is it an old wives' tale? Or, But you know, you realize that the hours before midnight are probably the most valuable hours because it helps get your body into that REM sleep. So for me, I'm a busy executive. Using Sleep Cycle has just helped me become aware of the sleep that I'm getting, and it gives you a percentage ranking every morning. And if you're competitive and you're type A like I am, I try to get the highest ranking as I possibly can. And when you're in the 80s, you feel better. And when you're in the 60s and 70s, you feel like junk. So you try to get a higher rating. And it's helped me get over the psychological hurdle of wanting to stay up later. I'm like, no, I want to, you know, get into bed so that the app tracks my sleep and I get in the 70s and 80s. So it's just kind of like reversing it in your brain as well. Now, I've never heard Chris say I beat so many people at sleeping last <laughs> night, but I imagine he's thought about it Dude, a couple I, times. Part of the app, they should open it up yeah. so that you can compete. Compete with, with other people. I slept so much better than my neighbor last so night. Much, seriously, it sounds Dude, barely hit any REM. Listen, dude, I'm 40 with two kids. It becomes a competition. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like getting well, a good night's sleep is huge. I believe it. This next one, uh, Chris has a great story. I'll let him get into it. But again, the concept, one that we speak uh, often, you know, the more people you help succeed, the more successful you're going to be. And helping others is just an incredible way to give back, but also build your self-confidence. And, and Chris, tell us about what you did, um, you know, when you were in your late 20s. I was 26 years old and my colleague, Jerry Mail, we love Jerry Mail. My cousin. Yeah, man. Um, which we found out later, which is bizarre, uh, <laughs> came to me because he was volunteering at uh, the Den for Grieving Kids in Greenwich, Connecticut, and asked if I would help. And I kind of, I was like, yeah, sure. And I had an undergraduate degree in psychology, and I went and I started counseling, not really counseling, just being with, like being present with like kindergartner kids that had lost a parent. And it was just gut-wrenching in and of itself, but I would spend Wednesday evenings with them, it was like every other Wednesday and would leave the office early, go up to Greenwich, hang out with them. And it was really like good for my soul, especially when I was 26 years old and you are like your peak selfish years where it's just about meeting girls and, and going out to bars and, 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 you know, getting uh, beach muscles type of thing. And what happened was uh, in an interesting twist, uh, September 11th happened. 
And my friend Sean was murdered, and Sean Lugano, uh, rest in peace, Shawnee, he was captain of my rugby team, and I needed a network of people to talk to about that, and the Den for Grieving Kids became my network to do that. And we kind of ran around the room, and I'll never forget it, we were talking about, you know, trying to find something positive is September 11th. And I said, I remember having a phone call with my friend Jason, who was living down in Virginia at the time. And when we hung up the phone, it was like September 12th. And I remember I was in Union Square at the memorial service. Jason and I said, I love you to each other. And this is a kid that I'd grown up with, and we'd never said that to each other. I'm like, this is a positive thing. And I had that network of people to bounce that off as a sort of therapy from my being selfless and volunteering, and it kind of came back tenfold to me as having a network of individuals that were supporting me and, and, and lifting me up. And I thought that that was, that was tremendously compelling. Um, so volunteering does that. When you volunteer your time, your energy, um, and your brain, and your soul, it tends to come back to you tenfold. And, and for some people who, you know, there are different ways to volunteer. I always say, you know, combining a few of these, a lot of times what I learn, I like to go back and teach to students and volunteer mm-hmm. at, you know, some of the schools I've attended or, or any local schools, whether it's high school or colleges and help mentor younger individuals because I am, you know, nowhere near um, the success I would like to be, but I can take the information I learned in the last six, seven years, bring it back to individuals who are going to go through those next six, seven years and see if maybe they cannot make some of the mistakes I made along the way. You've also lived executive dog years in the past two years. That's right. So, um, you know, anything I could tell them, you know, not everyone turns into Mark Zuckerberg when they start their own company, but it is cool to work for yourself. Um, all right. So let's, the last two here, um, Chris, take it from a perspective, not just you as someone who is type A and a little bit extroverted, but socialize and get curious. Um, from both accounts, how can an introvert you know, be comfortable socializing and getting curious? Well, this is where social media is great for introverts because you can reach out and connect with like-minded individuals, form and create community, and have a... Uh, a conversation and feel connected, right? And this is the fun part. People, oh, social media, the negative stuff about social media. I like to look at the positive side. I'm a positive guy by nature. And I think for introverts that might not feel comfortable in social situations, they can feel more comfortable. So they can answer questions on Quora. They can create LinkedIn groups on LinkedIn. They can publish content on Medium. They can have a blog where they can um, sort of be, they can be thought leaders on their blog, if, even if they're, you know, apprehensive about getting up on a stage and being a thought leader. So it can be very empowering. And social networks fulfill this sort of uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs where it's, you know, belongingness, belonging to a group and belonging to a tribe, belonging to a network. When you're fulfilling that portion of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you're helping yourself to become and feel more fulfilled and to be happier and to be more self-confident. And then getting curious. Uh, Getting curious is the final one, and it's just because – I don't know. John and I are infinitely curious. We're always trying to learn from people that are much smarter than us, and that's pretty easy. A lot of the people in the room are always much smarter than us. Sorry, John. I mean, yeah, no, no, right, you know, we're meatheads, uh, but we like to learn from other people. And by virtue of doing that, like I mentioned earlier, uh, when we first started the podcast that I launched, just like you, those twenty-four interviews, they were just born from me saying, "I'm curious," and let me ask 
a couple of people I know a few different questions. Um, I was inspired by my friend Jeff Perlman. He had a section of his blog called The Quaz, where he would interview people, uh, ask them quirky questions, and and people that wouldn't necessarily always get media attention. And what happens, the fascinating too, when you get curious, is don't just get curious about celebrities or get curious about business, you know, icons. It's getting p- curious with the person to the left of you, to the right of you, um, and it's just fascinating. Things will will be born from getting curious. Yeah, everyone is surrounded by people in some capacity or another who are doing something that they like to do better than them, right? Mm-hmm. It happens to us in business regularly, which is, you know, what Chris's new ebook is basically talking about. You know, these are 25 plus people who are doing business really well and their success is in their own mind. It took Chris, you know, it's a step for Chris to go out of his way to reach out to them and ask them these questions. They could have said no. They could have said, you know, this is stupid. We're not participating. Overwhelmingly, most of them were happy, but whether it's working out and you're afraid to go up to the strongest guy at the gym and ask him, you know, what he's done differently um, than what you're doing and any advice he may get, whether you're a female and you see someone with, you know, beautiful makeup or great clothes and you're afraid to ask them where they got them or, you know, any of those things, if you have the urge to ask them, we encourage you to do it because having that urge and again, holding back and not asking them is more hurtful to your self-confidence than if you were to ask them and they were to not answer or give you a snotty answer. Then at least you can say, look, we asked, right? Yep. So um, all those things are going to help build your self-confidence. I'm going to end with a, with another quote that we like, but don't confuse the complexity of building yourself with the simplicity of success. Now you're saying, all right, John, well, success is simple? Not necessarily, but as we learned from the Just Like You ebook, overwhelmingly, 28 successful individuals all did a lot of the same things that they attributed to their success. So if you see so many successful people doing the same things, well, then it's simple to just go and do them. But internally, to build yourself and to build the confidence to go and and do some of these things and, and really get inside the box... That is, um, that's going to be key. That's going to be paramount for you. So, Chris, I'll let you wrap it up. Anything you want to add? It was 24 interviews, not 28 interviews. 24 <laughs> interviews. So when I said 25 plus, I meant 25 uh, minus and, one. No, I, and I did, I did ask a lot of people, uh, and they, some people said no. Um, I mean, self-confidence is a tricky thing. I like to everybody. I would love for everybody to start with our list that we just kind of went down instead of worrying about get, you know getting a haircut and shaving and getting pretty clothes and nice jewelry. Uh, start inside, and the other stuff falls into place. Uh, and that's it. And we love doing this. So find us. Uh, John's Twitter handle is at John Zanzarella. If you could spell that crazy Italian last name. My Twitter handle is at Chris Desi. And we look forward to hearing from you guys. Have a good day. Later.